You've just tuned into Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Welcome back to Beyond Your Past. I'm your host, Matt Pappas, certified life coach specializing in overcoming anxiety and trauma recovery. And this podcast is all about helping you move forward from what holds you back. Each week, you'll hear from coaches, clinicians, and advocates who've overcome tremendous odds and are now using their journey to inspire you throughout yours. This is your place to feel validated and encouraged as you take your life back and live free from your past. Are you ready? Let's do this. Today, I'm pleased to welcome in special guest, Laura Corbeth. Laura is an author and a survivor of child abuse. Her book, My Courage to Tell, Facing a Childhood Bully and Reclaiming My Inner Child, is one of the first memoirs to shine a light on abuse from a sibling's perspective. It also reveals how families that buy into the lies and manipulations ignore the problems in Stonewall and enable the abuser and foster mental illness. Laura lives in Ontario, Canada with her husband of 22 years, her 20-year-old son, and her two rescue dogs. She is a successful entrepreneur. She and her husband have owned a graphic design and marketing business for over two decades. Laura decided to write and publish her book to give hope to others who have suffered a similar fate, that the flow of abuse can be stopped and that the healing can take place. So thank you so much for joining me, Laura, today. How are you? Oh, I am so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. I'm excited to talk to you. I was uh, perusing through your website, which is, of course, mycouragetotell.com. And I'll be sure to put all the information uh, to the book, your website, and everything in the show notes so everybody can check it out. Wonderful. Um, absolutely. And I'm honored to talk to you and help share your story. Um, it's such an important one. I was inspired by reading some of the excerpts that are on your website of your book, uh, of course, w uh, which is available on Amazon as a Kindle download and also on paperback. So I definitely encourage everybody to check it out. But I want to talk uh, with you today and kind of share your story, um, you know, some more about yourself, the book, and more about the abuse that you endured. So if it's cool with you, let's jump right into some of the questions I have and let's get this underway. Sounds good to me. Awesome. So let's start out and maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about the book, My Courage to Tell. Right. So um, I love the intro and that's that, you know, I've had a very blessed life. Um, I've been married for 22 years. I have a wonderful son who's coming home for Christmas today. Um, and um, I really, I'm not an author, but what had happened was a few years ago, there was uh, a death in the family. I had an aunt who passed away in Manhattan. She was an Emmy Award winning producer and writer and she had a tragic death. And we had discovered a lot more about my aunt after she passed away. And it was the first time that in all these years that I was dealing directly with my brother to try and administer her estate. And I started to see some old behaviors. He was very cruel to me in our childhood. And it was something that I had forgotten for years. He uh, started bullying me again. And the same patterns were there. It, it was bullying in adult form. There were mind games and sabotage, smear campaigns, twisting of truth, manipulations, gaslighting. And what I was shocked to see was um, 
I became re-traumatized and started to experience PTSD symptoms. My body was remembering after all these years. So um, as you can imagine, things did not go well and it all blew up. And at that point, I had an awakening. So in the book, I then journey back into my past and I start to understand why I'm experiencing these PTSD symptoms. And as I do that, I have to look at the hard truth. And it does, the journey does go on in the book. Um, and then um, something else happened. Another uh, episode happened with the family, and I have another awakening. And the awakening is that my brother was not the only toxic person in my life. And it is then that I seek help from a psychologist because it was such a devastating realization for me. And um, I start to understand it all even further. And the book does continue on from there. It is, it is a tragic story, as they all are, but it is one of triumph. And that is, you know, the triumph is me coming out now and telling and sharing this story. It's such incredible courage that you displayed to write this book. Um, you know, you mentioned about how you were re-traumatized and how the bullying yeah. started all over again and all these memories came back. And that's just something that unfortunately is so common with with survivors, whether it's survivors of bullying or abuse or any type of of trauma as a child. And even as an adult, sometimes things happen, a death in the family, right. uh, perhaps some, some type of world event, right? And anything in your life that can trigger memories and all of a sudden you're brought back to something that you had suppressed, maybe perhaps ignored, just didn't really deal with for decades. And all of a sudden it's at the forefront. And now you're like, holy crap, I have to deal with this. What in the world is going on? So by you writing this book and sharing so openly, um, this validates so many people, um, including myself. I was in a similar circumstance in terms of suppressing my trauma for decades before I started to deal with it. And once I did, it was absolutely overwhelming initially. Just yes. Memory after memory and thought after thought and emotions and anger and resentment and confusion mm -hmm. and fear mm -hmm. and shame and everything came roaring back and I had no idea what was going on for a long time. And I too sought out the help of a professional. And I'm like, you know, once it came to light and I realized I was a survivor, it was just it was as enlightening as it was scary, as it was frustrating yeah. and everything else. So I'm Yeah, just, and, I'm, and I think we're always questioning, well, okay, wait a minute here. Why was I not protected? And that that Absolutely. is, you know, uh, I'm a child. Where was the protection? And so that was the second awakening for me. You know, where was the protection from this bully? And, uh, you know, so uh, uh, the awakening was that it's just in families, it's not just one person. It's, it's a family affair, unfortunately. And there's so many people that, you know, all these moving elements. And, and so, yeah, we, we have to look at that. We have to kind of, uh, I have anyways, and, and come to conclusions about a lot of things that, that, um, you know, I, it was uh, a little bit over all these years, not even realizing it. So it, it's overwhelming when you start to see the truth. It's so important, you know, as you mentioned, to reach out and seek help because, 
you know, you're right. As a child, you know, where was the protection? Where, where were the people who were supposed to save us yes. and, and keep us safe? And, you know, the truth is so often they weren't there right? Um, you know, for one reason or another. And that's a hard thing. You know, that's a hard pill to swallow, so to speak, something to realize that the people you were supposed to be able to trust people who, who were supposed to keep you safe and take care of you mm-hmm. all of a sudden they either did nothing or they were involved or they were in indirectly involved in some way. And that just really adds so much, yes. um, you know, so, so many traumatic uh, feelings coming up because yeah. you wonder where was the help. So I just, I'm, yeah, I'm that, it, it brings to me a, a wonderful quote uh, that I love. The world is a dangerous place to live, not because of the people who are evil, but because of the people who don't do anything about it. And that was from Albert Einstein. And I love that quote because we as children um, have no choice. So we're dependent on those parents of ours to ultimately protect us from evil. You are exactly right. And that's one of the questions I want to get to next. Um, But I want to back up for just a second. So in your book, you talk about how the abuse happened at the hands of your brother. Um, uh, Initially, that's what, you know, came to light and what you started to work through. So. Um, yeah, you, know, so, you mentioned that he was cruel. So maybe share yeah. a little bit of the uh, of the kinds of bullying that you went through as a child. Yeah. So I think I think there is a lot of talk about bullying right now, and one imagines a bully bully as someone who's punching and physical and that type of thing. Well, my bully was a psychological bully, so I had no cuts. I had no bruises. Um, this was someone who took real pleasure in mentally torturing me. There was a lot of intimidation and fear. There was the use of fear to control me. So there were threats to my safety. I witnessed cruelty to animals, torturing, skinning, killing animals. Um, physical abuse was one of restraint, holding me down, spitting tickling, licking me until I cried. Um, I had to deal with continuous lies and there was always a twisting of truth, denials. There never seemed to be any empathy uh, or remorse. Um, And then on the flip side, my brother had a very charming side to his character. He had two sides And so it was all very sneaky, all very covert. Um, He loved to laugh when I cried. He, He almost enjoyed it. So there was this intention to harm me. And it, it was, you know, it's funny, you know, I'll just back up a little bit. The, the, um, the stuff like uh, tickling, you know, that, I'm always tweeting out tickle torture because he would tickle torture me. And then (laughs) so many tickling her, you know, one of those things. And then it's, I just recently joined Facebook. I'm, I'm really back a little behind in my social media. And I joined um, a closed group for CPTSD survivors. And somebody just recently posted an article about tickle torture and said, has anybody experienced tickle torture? I have CPTSD from this. And I, I, everyone was chiming in and I thought, oh my God, I'm not alone in this one little thing that he used to do to me, you know, and then um, 
the article was very interesting because it talked about how the Chinese have used this type of torture back in the Han Dynasty and it's, it dates all the way back into ancient Rome. And, and there was a, a Nazi who was torturing a Jewish prisoner by tickling him with a feather. So, you know, there's a really dark side to that particular abuse that I was getting, you know. Um, so everything that he was doing to me was very traumatic. You know, there's so many questions that, and and so many ways that we could go through here on our conversation, just on the um, initial things that you've told us already. And, yeah. um, you know, as a survivor of bullying myself, um, mine was more physical, but it was also um, psychological and uh, emotional as well. Yeah, and it's that, funny, um, you know, that you say that because I think uh, sexual and physical abuse is not just all by itself. There is a lot of psychological abuse in there as well. So I think I will be seeing a lot of things that I think a lot of people can relate to. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're a survivor of abuse, you know, in my case, it's childhood sexual abuse and, and bullying. And, you know, there is absolutely a psychological part to this because it's, it's playing with your mind. It's playing with your emotions. It's, it's, it's threats. It's yes. wounds that, that you can't see, you know, right. that don't physically heal. And, you know, yeah. so, so many times I've mentioned is that those are the yeah. ones that are, you know, that take the longest to work through because, you know, yeah. it's not just, you know, a few weeks or a month and you're, yeah. you know, when you're healed from a broken bone right. or, or, or right. you know, being a, you know, having like a, a cut stitched up or something. This is things yeah. that, that, that stick with you for, for, you know, as long as it takes until we start to deal with it. And yeah. I, I can absolutely relate. Yeah. And I it's 100% so agree. Yes. So, you know, it's so weird because when I was working with the lawyer on the book, he asked me a really important question. And he said, what is the worst for you out of all this abuse? What was the worst? And I, I, it was funny because I, I had, I thought back and I thought, it was the threats. It was the threat to kill me or hurt me if I told. And as a child, like that's, that's traumatizing. Oh my God, the threat. If you ever tell, I'll get you. You know, that's, that was, you know, it's invisible, but there it is. And it's like that, that surge of fear, right? Oh, it absolutely is. It's incredibly traumatizing because, you know, not only have you been violated and, and abused on, on a physical level and on a sexual level, but now you've got threats to your, yeah. to your, your yourself, your family, your pets, your yeah. friends. And, you know, yeah. you have this, this feeling of helplessness because you actually truly believe and you have no reason not to as a child that this person is going to follow through. So then yeah, especially when the, you, uh, yeah. And especially when you're witnessing them do certain terrible things to animals. I mean, honest to God, like really, like talk about association here. You know, this is what I was witnessing. So it was like, well, if he can do it to that, then what is he going to do to me? I, I can recall something similar in that the person who abused me had threatened my, you know, my family dog, which was, you know, my dog. Ugh, and, ugh. you know, between five and 10, um, you know, I, I was scared to death for, for uh, my dog's life. I can uh, tell you more uh, just, uh, just even a couple of months ago, I guess it was maybe, maybe three months ago or so. Now I wrote a post on the blog and I wrote a letter to that dog and told her 
in this letter what what had happened and how she could have been killed or you know, tortured. And, you know, it, it's on the blog Surviving My Past. And um, I wrote that. And it was incredible because that memory came out of nowhere. Like, literally, I had that memory a few months before I wrote that post. And I had never yeah. thought about it. You know, like what, I'm 46 you know, now, really, and I have not thought about that for yeah, 30 years. You think about that. What is like the worst threat in the world to threaten to hurt your beloved animal that, you know, that, ugh, I can't even imagine what that did to you. Oh, it was, it was incredibly, it was incredibly uh, traumatizing. It was, it was painful to relive it. But I'll tell you when I wrote that letter to, to, to my family dog, and I put it out there on the blog. I felt just a little bit, a sense of peace in that, mm. you know, you know, obviously, you know, um, fortunately he never did hurt the dog, but I felt better just letting her know that I was actually trying to protect her along with myself. Yes. And it was incredibly just, it, it was really moving to write that. I just want to encourage everybody writing out these, these types of things, write a letter to a person or a family pet, whether they're alive or not, doesn't matter. It's, it's incredibly healing. And I felt I felt some some relief inside. I have to say yes. when I wrote that, but yeah, um, writing, so, writing is you know, uh, and we'll get into it. But yeah, I'm with you on that one, big time. Absolutely. So tell me, where were your parents while all this was going on in your life? Mm, yes, good question. Where were my parents? Completely uh, childhood emotional neglect, complete. You know, I, I wrote a little bit in the book. Um, there was one time that my brother bullied me in the worst way. And I won't go into the whole detail of it, but I came home and I showed my father the note that he had written and what he did. And my father broke out laughing. He couldn't stop laughing. And I was crying. I was distraught. And he told me that, you know, it was just a joke. Come on, get over it, like type of thing. That That's what I was dealing from my father's side. And then my mother, um, my mother had the old belief, no cuts, no bruises, mm, you're okay, you know. She, she, to this day, is enabling my brother and protecting him, just like she did all the time back then. And uh, so I had two parents that just absolutely did not validate the pain that I went through. I was shutting down. Um, I was shutting down big time and they didn't even recognize it. So, you know, it was always chucked up to sibling rivalry. Ugh, you kids, you kids. Can you imagine being lumped together with your bully? You kids cut it out. So, you know, that's what I was dealing with. I was not protected by this bully at all. They didn't even recognize it until I got help from a teacher at nine years old who um, started to recognize that I had some psychological, I had some severe psychological problems. I was sleeping in my closet. I was unable to talk, make friends. I I was having nightmares. I, I go into detail in the book about the nightmares that I was having. They were terrible. Um, nobody was linking and putting this all together. Incredible. So, you know, what you ignore, you empower as far as, you know, that's another thing that I always put out. So there was never taking any sides. We were always lumped together. And, you know, sadly, I've learned that in toxic families, quite often, they will side with the abuser. 
That is really hard for me to get my head around that. But it happens quite often. And this is what I've learned in psychology. It happens very often. You are so exactly right. And I think it's very important to reiterate the point that, um, you know, even when when a parent or 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 anybody that you tell if they do nothing that is enabling this right. whole situation you know it's not just yeah. you know the fact that you know perhaps they were minimizing or they were telling you get over it or you know there's no physical sign so therefore there's no abuse or you know it's just <laughs> you kids horsing around but the fact yeah. also is is that if you tell someone or try to tell someone and they do nothing, that in my book is the same as enabling because you're still not being taken care of. You're still not validated. You're still not safe. No. And now you've got people who seemingly don't care, don't believe you on top yeah. of the threats. Right. And, you know, so, so the te- you know, the teacher, she, you know, she asked me what was wrong. Well, I was pretty terrified to tell her what was going on. And again, that threat, I'll kill you if you ever tell. So eventually she she got my trust and I told her what was going on. And she went to my mother and said, you better do something to help this child or you are going to lose her. And so uh, she woke my mom up a little bit. You know, and back then, uh, it's not like, you know, off to the doctor I went, like, <laughs> the things that they were doing were not the greatest things in the world. But at least I felt somebody heard me at that point, you know? Absolutely. And I know when somebody finally hears you and believes you and, and, and takes action on your own behalf, it's just, it's an incredible feeling of finally somebody gets yeah. it. Finally, somebody's right. going to help me. Yeah. And that, you know, I mean, it really is because, you know, as you've mentioned, and as we've talked about for so long, nobody believed you, nobody stopped it. People were enabling it. And, yeah. and you're just living through this, this, this torture and this trauma of being um, abused by your brother. And then finally, somebody actually takes action on your behalf. It had to be just a bit of a relief, right? Oh, Yeah. I mean, definitely. But you know, it's funny, like, at that point, my mother was throwing me outside, I was screaming, I was so introverted. But she would throw me outside and literally lock the door and say, you go play with the kids. And you know, I, I had no choice. So that was my therapy. Great. But it at least it, it got some change going. I went out and lo and behold, I was bullied by the kids in the neighborhood. It's so funny because I, I watched that Keaton Jones video just recently uh, that just triggered me because that pain that he was going through when he said, you know, the kids were bullying him. It just it just triggered me because I was bullied by the kids in school. I was an outcast. They made fun of my lips. They told me I was fat. Um, I, you know, so I went from like the bully at home and then there I'm going into school and I'm, I'm getting it there too. So I had, I completely related to what that child was going through. Um, you know, sometimes there's no out and, uh, that's the, you know, that's the help that I got. nine, but at least it was some help. Yeah. And you know what? And bears repeating here before we move on um, that when you watch videos and documentaries, you know, and and you see something come across your timeline, you know, that's, you know, that mentions or talks about bullying or abuse or, or, you know, anything, I mean, all of that can be triggering. So 
I have mm-hmm. to remind myself sometimes that when I see something come through on my timeline or I see something on the news, you have to be very careful to take care of yourself and understand that things could come up, especially for survivors. Right. Memories, you know, and, and it could be previous memories that you've worked through. It could be brand new memories. So mm. I always encourage people take very good care of yourself and, you know, understand that these, these types of things that you see on social media, which is everywhere these days can really be triggering. So, you know, just kind of a little bit of a reminder for everyone and always a reminder for myself as well to take good care of ourselves. Right. Um, But, you know, I, something that you mentioned, um, of course, was the PTSD and the CPTSD or uh, complex trauma. That's something I'm very involved in. Mm -hmm. I'm actually working on helping to launch a foundation for CPTSD information, but um, tell me a little bit more about what it was like when you realized that you had PTSD and, and, and that you were surviving complex trauma. You know, I was told for so long that psychological abuse was nothing. So um, when when I started to experience it, I it was at that time and when things blew up, I sought the help of a psychologist. And I started to learn how important that psychological psychological abuse is to get out there for people to understand that it's it's very traumatizing. I uh, I wanted to understand, you know, this trauma from just words. You know, people had told me it's just words. So I uh, went out and uh, before I wrote the book and, and I met with people about psychological abuse and why it's so traumatizing for, you know, why, why I was experiencing these symptoms. And I, I was told that it is uh, damaging as much as sexual and physical abuse, even though that I guess that the campaigns aren't out there about that. Um, I read a paper, Unseen Wounds, the Contribution of Psychological Maltreatment to Child and Adolescent Mental Health and Risk Outcomes that was uh, written back in 2014 by the American Psychological Association stating that children who experience psychological, emotional maltreatment experience the same mental health issues as children who are physically and sexually abused, sometimes even more. So they experience PTSD as much as uh, children who have experienced other trauma. And the conclusion was that there needs to be more focus on emotional and psychological abuse. Oh, absolutely. You are correct. And I tell you, it's interesting. When I was first working through my trauma, and the uh, wonderful therapist that I was working with at the time told me that, you know, it's very possible that I had PTSD. I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> I, literally, I had no idea because I'll tell you, for a long time, I was very unaware of, of the fact and the idea that, um, you know, uh, PTSD goes far beyond the battlefield, you know. Right, and, right. And it's you know, so funny because, you know, the, I didn't know either. And so, you know, when this all blew up and and people wanted to know about my aunt and and know the story, because it is a very interesting story. The book does start out with her story, which is, you know, quite compelling in it 
in and of itself. But when people wanted to talk to me about it, I had to actually remove myself because I felt I, I can't even, well, you know, right. I, I, I had no control over all these things that were happening to me in my body and, and, and the shakes and the panic and the everything. It was like, Oh my God, I had to literally stop talking about it and remove myself because it was, I can't, you know, I couldn't breathe and all these things. It's like, Oh my God, like this is, this is new. <laughs> What the hell is this? You know, absolutely. And I, when I, when I first started, you know, when she told me that I, you know, likely had PTSD, and I started yeah. doing some research, and I'm thinking, well, yes, I feel that. Yes, I do that. <laughs> yes, I know what that means. Like, and I'm like, oh my god. And I mean, you know, again, just like we talked about earlier, it was as enlightening as it was scary because yes. I mean, it was enlightening because I could kind of put a bit of a description or a name to some of the things that I had been feeling, but it was also intimidating because I'm like, well, now what the hell do I do with all this? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it took, obviously, you know, it took a lot of time working through it and, yeah. you know, writing therapy and art therapy and all types of things to work through it. Good. And of course, you know, healing is a lifelong journey, I always say. And, but yes. it was incredibly, uh, you know, like I said, it was, it was very interesting to realize Yes. That, you know, I was a survivor and that I had PTSD and that so many mm. things that people were writing about. I'm like, yep, that's me to a T. Yep. Yep. Um, one last question I have for you before we get into where, uh, you know, your book is available at is for those that are maybe wondering, are they a victim of psychological abuse? Perhaps yes. if you have some insight as to um, and anything that, that you can share that might help them gain some awareness would be great. Yeah. I, I mean, I, how much time do we have? I mean, I have done so much research on this. So I'll just try to be quick. So you know what, there's a lot of assumptions out there that psychological abuse is yelling and screaming and name calling and criticisms, put downs, that type of thing. And although it's true, in some cases, it's not always the case. I think that this abuse is very insidious, and very covert and sneaky. Psychological abusers have patterns of intimidating others. They have a lack of empathy. They lack remorse, guilt. They lie incessantly. They gaslight, which I'm always trying to, I I actually just put out a nice little video about gaslighting. Um, There's threats to safety sometimes. Uh, There's isolation, financial abuse. They exert control over another person using very planned and specific needs. And they do have a very, the, the concerning thing is they have two sides to their character. So they have the ability to charm and and can lie and speak in, in half-truths. They blame victims for problems. And they minimize concerns of a victim. Um, and if they're caught in a lie, they simply reinvent a new truth to absolve themselves and further abuse the victim. That's part of the illness. So they believe their own lies. Now, I think there's two types of psychological abusers. I think there's overt ones that are very out there. And then I think there's covert ones, which to me, I I call them the flying monkeys. And the flying monkeys probably to me are under the radar. I think they're, it's more of a subconscious thing there. They hurt you just as much. Um, and maybe even more because they don't even know. And there's the difference between the two for me is intention. There's some that are are very intentionally trying to hurt you and play with you like your puppet. And then there's some that are not, 
that they still end up hurting you. Um, one thing I do want to mention is something uh, that my mother has uh, been doing to me since I've come out and forward with this stuff is silent treatment. And that is uh, one of the worst types of psychological abuse. Um, it's a way of inflicting pain without visibly bruising people, literally. And research has shown that the act of ignoring and excluding activates the same area of the brain that uh, as somebody being physically uh, hurt. So uh, silent abuse, uh, silent treatment is very abusive. And so um, there's all that. And then the other thing I haven't even talked about is, is neglect that there's a lot of people suffering out there from child neglect. And it's part of the adverse childhood experiences that I'm always, if people want to learn about adverse childhood experiences, please go to my uh, website and look it up. It's really important to know how your um, childhood abuse and neglect is affecting us long-term. There's a lot of people suffering with depression and anxieties and uh, suicide attempts and a lot of things that are from our childhood. So this is really a big passion for me, for everybody to start learning about adverse childhood experiences and uh, start to see, you know what, I'm experiencing all these things in my life. And there's a reason for that. And and people uh, hopefully will look back into their childhoods and and see that it's it's probably stemming from that. Your passion for this is is so clear, and the information that you've given is going to help so many, I'm sure. And it just reaffirms some of the things that I have gone through. And two terms that you mentioned that maybe some aren't familiar with that we can touch on a little bit if you like. Yeah, is gaslighting and the flying monkeys, two things that I have done a lot of research <laughs> on too, being a survivor of uh, narcissistic abuse. Perhaps right. um, if you can share just just a little bit about each one, if you like, um, in terms of, you know, uh, gaslighting and also uh, the term flying monkeys. Yeah. So uh, gaslight, for anybody that doesn't know, is uh, there was a movie back in 1944, um, and it was called Gaslight. And it was about a man who manipulated his wife to the point where she thinks she's losing her mind. And so gaslighters will... um, there's a lot of uh, people, there's dictators, narcissists, abusers, cult leaders. It's, it's their favorite thing. It's, that's what they do. They tell blatant lies. They deny anything. They uh, use whatever's near and dear to you as their ammunition. Uh, They might throw you a positive reinforcement to confuse you. Um, They project, they, um, they, tell others that you're the crazy one. So it's, it's a really, it's dark. That's all I can say. It is very dark. And to me, there's always like a, the main abuser. And then there's the flying monkeys that are, you know, like the psychological term comes from the wicked witch who sent out her flying monkeys and they do all the dirty work and then come back and they're rewarded uh, by by the witch. <laughs> and that's what a flying monkey to me is. They they will enable the main abuser 
it's it's all part of that. So, you know, to me, I'm I've been ostracized because I'm telling the truth. And uh, the rest of them who aren't with me, they're they're to me, they're um, they're flying monkeys. I don't know if that helps. Oh, absolutely. It does help. And thank you. And thank you for kind of sharing some information about that. And I just want to say, um, you know, by you telling your truth, I I can't imagine how many people you're helping who 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 are going to read this book and who are listening to this podcast now and perhaps having some realizations that, you know, they can relate to some of what you've, you know, um, experienced and some of the things that we've talked about in regards to PTSD and complex trauma and psychological abuse and by you sharing your story, I'm just, I'm so honored to know you. I'm so grateful that you. Thank you, Matt, for um, having me. And before, I just want to say one little, one little quote. Mm -hmm. And that is, and, and for anybody listening, you own everything that happened to you. Tell your stories. If people want you to write warmly about them, they should have behaved better. And that is from Anne Lamott. I use that in the back of the book because we all have the right to tell our stories. Isn't that just an incredible thing? We absolutely own the right to tell our story. Nobody can tell us how to tell it, when to tell it, or who to tell it to. And once we realize that, it's incredibly empowering. And I know, you know, having this book out there is just, it's so empowering for you and for so many. And I'm honored to be able to help you share some of that on the podcast today. Absolutely. So maybe we can wrap up. You can tell us where people can find the book, find you on social media, um, all that good stuff. Yeah. So the book's on Amazon. Uh, It's called My Courage to Tell, like you had said in the beginning. And that's anybody can go to my website, mycouragetotell.com and read about my story. Uh, Just I'm also just launching a new puppet show on YouTube and I'm I'm encouraging everyone to subscribe to it. I've I've got a lot of great things planned. I, I wanted to bring a little bit of light and, and humor, I guess, into everything that's been so heavy for me. I'm ready to bring it up a little bit and and talk to people and, and keep the conversation going. And I'm going to be involved in a Canadian uh, campaign called Bell Let's Talk. And that will be going on in January. And I've also just uh, launched my Facebook page, Laura Has Courage. So if anybody is on Facebook, please go and like my page because I'm going to be talking about all my feelings. (laughs) And please subscribe to my new puppet show because I'm really uh, enthused about that because I've talked about the puppets in my book. And I've uh, had such positive feedback with um, doing my little puppet shows i i think that that will um i think it'll be a lot of fun and i'm hoping that uh a lot of success too absolutely and i checked out the video that you sent me um a few days ago and i watched it and you know as you mentioned using puppets or using some type of humor um really can reach people in a very unique way because um you know not only is you know are the puppets um entertaining but also the message comes just flying through as the video goes on. So I definitely encourage everybody, check out her YouTube channel, check out the book. I'll put all the links in the show notes. Oh, thanks so much. 
absolutely, Thank you absolutely. So much, I so appreciate, and I, I um, I just, I think you're doing wonderfully, and uh, I'm amazed at. Uh, I love your new branding. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. Thank that you. really that. shows, you know, that uh, in, in, you've, you're going beyond surviving, right? So absolutely. It's lovely. It's just wonderful. Thanks for listening to Beyond Your Past, part of the Mental Health News Radio Network. Information shared on this podcast should not be considered as a substitute for professional medical help or mental health counseling. If you've ever considered working with a certified coach, Or if you simply have questions about how working with a coach can benefit you, just head on over to beyondyourpast.com for more information and to schedule your free introductory session. We'll work together to figure out what's holding you back so that you can realize your full potential and discover the authentic you. Remember, you are worth it. Achieving your goals and waking up each day knowing that you can handle what's coming and thrive is something that everyone deserves. So take that first step and contact me today and let's do this. Talk to you soon.